hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Romans chapter 8. Are you ready? Let's start with verse 21. I won't be very long today. Um, Maybe. Let's start with verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together unto now. Not only that, not only what, that the whole creation is groaning with birth pains. But we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for what? The adoption. So it's talking about the body, the redemption of our physical body, the earthly things. For we were saved, look at this, in this hope, but hope that is, not see, that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, here's the challenge. We eagerly anticipate, wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit, here we go. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So Paul's writing to the Romans and he's, 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 he's referring to having hope in something that you can't see is hard. He considered it a weakness. That's hard. Knowing something that you should attain but have not yet attained is difficult. I don't care who you are. And he didn't call it faith, he called it hope. Hope in things you can't see. It's a portion of our salvation that we receive when God gives us a born again experience that your spirit is born again. Your mind and your will and emotions and soul is being transformed. But your body has yet to be transformed. So in the earthly things, material things that we live here on the earth, the challenge is things your heart screams for, the word tells you is available, but you have not yet seen them come to pass. And the struggle and the tension and the strain of living in spiritual language, but still have to go home to an earthly world. It's hard. It's difficult to know that by his stripes you're healed and somebody writes a good song about it, but your back's still hurting. You know what I'm talking about? This is tough. Likewise, go back to that last, last verse, the 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Look at this. It's so, really what I want to capitalize here. For we do not know. Just say that with me. For we do not know. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But who does know? But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the capital S spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that, look at this, this is the one, the most famous Romans chapter eight verse probably there is. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to whose purpose? his purpose. 
Next verse. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of who? His son. He might be, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these also he justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? What? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, that's a pretty good promise on the front end on verse 21. And that's an incredible promise on the back end in 31. But there's 10 verses that almost sometimes like, is like living hell. Anybody want to know what I'm talking about? I love the fact that he, he brings it on us first. Something took place. When, you're, when, you get, when you became born again, your spirit became all new. And God took up residence inside of you alive. He's alive living inside of you. Your heart, your spirit, your conscience, your bend in life is to do right, not to do wrong. If he birth, it's not possible for him to birth something and it'd be bad because only good fruit comes from good trees. So if he bears something inside of you and makes you born again, what he makes that creation, that new creature that you're born again, it craves, it desires, it yearns for good things. Your spirit is not trying to do the worldly stuff. Your spirit is groaning and travailing and groaning for things that are of the spirit, which are good things. Y'all see that? So if you're born again, it's for you to do good. It's for the will of God to take place in your life and good things to take place. So your heart, your spirit, your eternal salvation, one day you're gonna go spend eternity with heaven, in heaven, but the reality of it is that heavenly experience that you'll have one day there is alive inside of you in your heart today. You're not gonna be surprised in your spirit when you get to heaven because it's already inside of you. He said it. The spirit of, the, of his first fruits is dwelling inside of your heart. So it's desires and cravings and all these things to see things that are good take place in your life happens when you become born again. But here's the challenge. Go back to verse 24 again. What's this? For we are saved in this hope. It doesn't take a whole lot of people, let's this, this just be honest. When you hear the message of the good news and you've got some issues in your life and your problems in your life and you know you're on your way to hell and things are not good, it doesn't take a whole lot of good news to get somebody to believe how bad they've been living. All I gotta do is set up here and preach against sin and then there's a good chance somebody's gonna go, man, if I can turn in this sin for a good life, I'm gonna turn it in. So they come. So getting people to awaken to God's heaven is not the hard part. The hard part is getting people to awaken to God's spirit in this life. When, you're, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But what do we do now? When all things will be answered in that place, what are we doing here when we have hope in our heart, the same hope that saved us, but the hope that is not seen? 
when the promises of the Lord are yes and amen, but you're not experiencing those promises. When peace is like a river and somebody stands up here and sings peace like a river and you just begin to go, whoa, this is incredible. I'm supposed, I feel this, but you gotta walk outside of that three and a half minute song unless they do a reprise and then you go back in a little further. But after five minutes, you gotta go back out and live your life going, oh my God, the world has just hit me. And it can't be mind over matter in the church. It can't be just, this can't be an escapism. It's gotta be an impartation that takes, goes with you as you leave. So the hope that is instilled in your life today has to be able to be pulled out and drawn upon when you walk out these doors when you don't see what you're hoping for. Because it's easy to get frustrated, get mad. Gosh, I've gone, in the last two or three months, I've gone through so many ups and downs and situations where I, I had it all figured. I saw a glimpse of something that looked right. And it was my heart's desire. And I went, that is it right there. Man, that's the Lord. It's the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Only to find out about two weeks later, it didn't turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. So I go back to the, what in the world? Right? So you go by praying, go from praying in the spirit to praying in another language. That's not real. I'm just, just joking. Just kidding. You see what I'm talking about? You're frustrated. You're angry. God, where were you in that thing? I thought you were going to do this. And, but your hope is in something you haven't seen right? And it's easy to get moved by the things you do see. It's normal. I'm tired of people telling me that it's not normal, that I don't have the faith. Well, you don't have the faith. I just, if you just had enough faith, this would happen. Just shut up. <laughs> You're wrong. You don't have faith because you don't know what faith is. Just because I'm vacillating a little bit on the situation doesn't mean I don't have faith. Yep, you're double-minded and unstable all your, in all your ways. I said, well, read the rest of the chapter because it talks about your big mouth and that bridal tongue. Amen. It's in the same chapter. In the book of James. You see what I'm talking about? There's always these super pseudo-spiritual people over here that have the cape. You know what I'm talking about? They have the cape. And you look at their life and you're going... I remember one time my mom was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit back when she was young and the pastor at the time said, looked at her and said, sister, what do you think? She said, brother, I'm not going to tell you his name, but brother so-and-so, sometimes I just want to read, when I'm saying, seek him, the other one's saying, tell him how bad you are, seek him, the other one's saying, Terry, and she says, I want to just reach up and smack him, (laughs) right? And he said, sister, you're honest, sometimes I do too. Right? Because you got these super pseudo spiritual people that don't, have, they don't have, there's, there's no practicality of life. We've got to have a foot on, in heaven and <laughs> spiritual, but we've got to be able to relate this thing in life. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? It's got to be practical. Guys, you know, not, it doesn't have to be explainable, but it's got to be tangible. Otherwise, we just have this thing that never does happen, and we just rally a whole bunch of people on what will be that never does become. Right. Yeah. That's not a testimony, that's hope in something that we're hoping to happen. Now watch what he says here. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is, not, is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? This is so powerful, watch this. Next verse. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Stop right there. That verse is a demarcation. It's where something is ending and something is about ready to happen. 
where you've gone here, but you can't go over here. Over here, I've got a desire for something to take place in my life. Over here, I have a hope that I can't see. I have false starts sometimes, and sometimes it looks like it's false endings because they don't come out like I thought they should. But I've got something inside, because the word tells me one thing. My spirit is lined up with that word. The Holy Spirit is testifying of that word. It's causing me to lean into that promise of change and transformation and hope and peace and joy and temperance and self-control and meekness. All those things are just drawing me in. The problem is my circumstances are here and because they're not changing, I can't attain what I'm sensing. I get it for a moment and then it's gone. I have peace today, but it's gone tomorrow. I'm up one day and down the next. I feel like I'm ready to tackle the world in one moment, the next time I'm ready just to fall away and grit and throw it all away and say, heck with it all. I can't be the only one like this. Am I talking to anybody in here? That's where we live. I should have started that business. Yes, God, I'm ready, I'm all in. And then I'm all out. It looks like you're crazy because you are. If they diagnose you with it quickly, you'll be able to understand it a little bit more. You're, there's days you wanna hit somebody and the days you wanna hug them. And then there's days you wanna hug them while you're hitting them. Right? But you come to this place, of this, this line of demarcation, it's a moment in time where I got hope. I got this, I'm feeling good. And then there's this moment here that breaks you to the point that you're ready to throw something away. If we hope for that, that you can't see, but we eagerly await for it in perseverance. In this moment in time is when you know they're supposed to be clean from drugs. It's a promise of the Lord. You've seen it in your heart. You've seen it in your spirit. You see glimpses of it. It's been in a dream. It's been in your vision, but it's not happened. So how do you persevere, manage the tension of this moment here when it's supposed to take place, the job's supposed to happen, the business is supposed to succeed, the, the, the person's supposed to change, the, the marriage is supposed to be successful and healed and whole, uh, financially everything's supposed to, all this is supposed, you're waiting for the, we call it breakthrough. What do you do when you come up to the point where there's no breakthrough and you don't know what else you're supposed to do? You've tried everything. I'll sow a seed. I'll cut this out of my life. I'll peel this layer of flesh, like Brendan was saying earlier. I'll peel this layer of flesh. And before you know it, in this moment in time, the temptation is to put it so much back on you that you gotta figure out what's wrong that's keeping it from taking place in your life. You know what I'm talking about? It's right there in that place. Managing the tension, and you're pressing in. So you're around Christian people, and you say, I'm believing God. I'm hoping for the Lord. The Lord's coming to come through. Bless God. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed and highly favored. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then you're around some real people, have, have, have problems like you have, but everybody knows they have problems too. You're going, I'm sick of this. I've had all I can take. I'm tired of being sick. My, I'm tired of my back hurting. I'm tired of people telling me it's one thing, but it's really not something else. It's really something else. I'm tired of looking at myself. Every time I look in the mirror, I have to peel off another layer of flesh. I don't even know what flesh I'm looking at to peel off anymore. I've cut out every bad habit. I'm starting to cut out the good ones thinking they're bad. Right? 
let me think, let me bring it down. I've tithed, I've given, I've sown, I still need not, see nothing. Why even in the world should I even do that? I've tried to be good to him, and the more I'm good to him, the madder he gets and the meaner he gets. You know what I'll do this time? I'll show him. You know what I'm talking about? This is where we live, right here. It's that moment of, the Bible calls it in a real spiritual word, perseverance. I call it mad, angry, and ticked off. Spiritually, we preach on breakthrough. That's a real spiritual word. We like that because we can write songs about it. Ain't nobody gonna write songs about it. I feel like quitting. I feel like throwing my hands up. I'm shutting this thing down, right? I'm, quit. I'm, I'm doing away with everything. That's the moment right here. Look at the very, look, at this point, when you come to this place of, let's just be real spiritual for a moment because it's Memorial Day weekend. Holy irritation. Righteous indignation. <laughs> Is that right? Wrestling in the presence of the Lord. Right? And we have to say that because the next scripture tells us this. What's this? Likewise, <laughs> you ain't the only one. The Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. When you're in this place of you don't know what to do, but your heart's telling you one thing, and it's not happening like you thought it would and when it was you thought it would, you gotta know you're not alone. The Spirit also helps in that moment of weakness. Why? We don't know. I get really hesitant around people that have all the answers. Right? They got, it, they got it all. They tell you, I'm really looking for some counsel. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Just suck it up and do a little harder. You just what you gotta do. I'm looking for somebody to point me to the spirit of the thing. Do you get this? For we do not know. When you are in a place you do not know, it's okay to be there. It's okay to have the hope and the glimpse of what God showed you in your dream and your vision. And it's time for this business to break through. It's time for this thing to happen. There's kids to come home. This marriage to be prosperous. My health to be good. It's okay to have those promises at your fingertips. It's okay to come to a place of when you don't know how to make it happen and when it's gonna happen. It's okay to be at that place. And when you come to this place of, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how to petition. I don't know who to call. I don't know how much to give. I don't know how much to shut down. I don't know how much to withdraw. I don't know how much to fast. I don't know how, when you get to that place and you have no idea how you're supposed to cross over from the hope that you haven't seen to the hope you're now realizing is a good place to be. At that place, it's the most painful experience. That's why he said persevere. It's a painful experience crossing over from the natural realm of reasoning to the spirit. Because the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. When we don't know what we should pray as we ought, the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot even be uttered. The first verse we read, creation is groaning 
Your, your heart, your being is groaning for the adoption into the spirit. When things have not been adopted fully into the spirit, I'm not talking about your, 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 your salvation. I'm talking about life issues that have not come up underneath the sonship of who he is. It's painful. It hurts. But the spirit groans with groanings that cannot even be uttered. When you don't know how to pray, the spirit's already praying. When you don't know how to ask, the spirit never quits asking. This makes sense? When you're thinking about quitting, he's going in. Next verse. Now he who, the spirit, who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. Not the mind of an unrenewed person that's out on some kind of crazy roller coaster ride, but of the spirit. He's not evaluate, the spirit is not evaluating your mind on how bad you're thinking right now. The spirit is interceding, thinking and looking and dwelling and moving into the mind of God for your situation. We think the spirit gets into our mind. It didn't say put on, the spirit puts on the mind of man. It says put on the mind of Christ. What the mind of the spirit, because look, he who, the spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. Next verse. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of what? The son, while we're battling the adoption into, he's interceding for you to be in. See, we think it's a one-time experience. It is a moment when you become born again that your heart is, and you're a new creature. But the mind of a man, based on our past experiences, religious exercises, work environments, family environments, community environments where we've raised, all shape how you think. And all of those things are being conformed and changed into the image of the spirit that is making intercession for the perfect will of God for your life. This making any sense? Here's why. Don't lose track of the promises that God gives you in the word, right? He's, you're not losing, promise, losing track of those promises, but you're not seeing them come to pass, to pass. You persevere. How do you persevere? Your emphasis and your reliance becomes on the spirit and less on you. This is powerful. Somebody needs healed in their body. We pray for them and we're acting like God, the spirit of God might be occasionally come down and bless it while a man prays for a man or a man prays for a woman or a woman prays for a woman or a woman prays for a man while flesh is praying for flesh. 
and we're hoping God to come down. No, that's not how this works. It's the spirit that knows the will of God. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians. He said this, many people have gone to sleep well before their time. People are sick in the body. Why? Because we have not been able to discern the Lord's body. Right? The Lord's body is full of the spirit. I'm gonna tell you that most of our issues in our world are because we're more reliant on self than we are on the spirit. Our confidence is we're trying to convince God in our prayer time of what we think he may not know. Right? God, I need this to happen. I need this. To, would you change your heart? Would you change his mind? Would you, I need a breakthrough financially. I need a break. And we're going, and we're petitioning God all this time. Well, that says when you haven't seen it come to pass like you hoped it would, the spirit is making intercession for the perfect will of God for your life. And we know all things work together for the good, but they don't work together for the good when you're over here on this side of persevering. They only work on that side of they all work together for good after you've already made the emphasis and the switch over to the spirit and taken it off you. Because the pressure remains on you when you're over there, but the pressure comes on him when he's over here. You have to make the shift of you are not gonna get healed supernaturally or by impartation, by flesh to flesh. It's going to be by the spirit, says the Lord. He will use contact flesh to flesh, but it won't be flesh to flesh that's healing you. It will not be flesh to flesh or your good ideas to get you the breakthrough. Your good ideas will get you to perseverance, but it will not get you into the spirit and the will of God because no flesh will get glory in his. And the enemy of the spirit is carnality. Carnality is not just saying dirty, dirty jokes or drinking wine when you're in Nicaragua or Honduras. It's just not. That's not carnality. Carnality is fleshly human-minded. It's over here when you have hope in something you can't see and you haven't seen it come to pass. When you begin to lean in, in further and further and your reliance and confidence, not on your ability to see the will of God, but on his ability to see the will of God. Did you get that? You may not ever see it before it happens, but he knows it before it happens, while it's happening, and after it happens. Then you'll look back and go, my God, I wouldn't have traded that for anything in this world, right? This is powerful. One more, chapter, one more verse and we're finished. John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. John 15, 26 and 27. Now we're talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, okay? Jesus is looking at his disciples and he's telling them, I gotta go. What he's saying is, listen, I've been with you, I've been Emmanuel, God with us, but I have to go away. It's important that I go away because when I come back into you, this thing's gonna shift how this thing all operates and functions because you're gonna have to learn to live with what you can't see. Right now you're living by the things that you sh I show you and I demonstrate them with your natural eyes and your eyes are blown away. But there's coming a time you won't be able to see it here before you have to operate at it. And you're gonna have to trust something that you can't see. And, there, and he's emphasizing the comfort of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
He looks at them and says, but when the helper, the comforter comes, and a comforter, that word comforter in Greek means um, orphanless or father, you have a father, because he's adopting us in. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, look at this, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of who? Jesus. Now here's the difference. If you think Jesus is just God, the man, you're going to miss the totality of what Jesus stood for. Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among man. Everything Jesus did was the will of the father. He only did what he heard the father or do what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father say, right? So every action that Jesus did was an exact representation and the heartfelt displaying of what the father wanted done. Not one thing did Jesus do that the father had to go, come on, Jesus, why are you doing that one? He only did what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father say. He was exact because Jesus is the father. They're one. He can't divide them. Manifestations, yes, but the heart of one is the heart of the other. Make sense? So back one there. The spirit of truth who testifies of who? The word of Jesus, the demonstration of the father on earth, the word becoming flesh. That's who he was. That's who he testified. And he will testify of that. But when the helper comes, he will testify of me. Next verse, what's this? And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. How do you tell 12 disciples that were here from the beginning that Jesus leaves, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in them, he's now testifying of Christ? How do you tell somebody that walks up on a situation that's full of turmoil that we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and how they know that they can't turn that that, that storm into a peace? You can't unteach them that. They are witnesses because you've been with me from the beginning. We're not bystanding witnesses. We're living witnesses by the Spirit. So here's how this thing goes. Over here, you're living life. You made some bad choices. Life has dealt you some blows. The cards that you're dealing have been dealt with. They just aren't really good and you wanna change some of them. I need health. I need relationship. I need financial. I, name them all, okay? I need, I need, I need, I need change. I need transfer. I need something to have. It's blocking me up. It's hurting me. I feel painful. I'm stressed out. I gotta have this to change. I need this, 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 and this. And the Lord gives you just a little token of something to fill in your heart. Something will come along. You have this, this strange desire that looks like it's from the Lord. And you start following down this path. And as you start following down this path, it looks like this is it. You get excited. You tell everybody because you're excited. This is finally what I've been waiting on. My God, I've been waiting on this for months now and here I am. My perseverance looks like it's just about to be over because this breakthrough's about ready to happen and all of a sudden, boom, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And you've just told everybody, you don't even, and you've, this is not the first time you've been through this cycle because you're going, I got my hopes up. You're afraid to get your hopes up. You're afraid to hope and you're afraid to dream because you, you've had them let down too many times. It's in that place. The enemy would love to come in and steal your hope. 
If he can steal your hope, he steals the ability or your influence to move over into the things of the spirit. Because as long as you come to a place of hope, I'm hoping, but I don't see it. Yes, I've had disappointments, but I don't see it. At that place is when something has to trigger inside of you that says, I'm not relying on my past experience. I'm not relying on what I know. I'm not relying on what I see. I'm not relying on just the new job instead of the old job. I'm not even relying on it's a different season. I'm relying on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that knows the things of the will of God and the mind of God that I don't yet know. So if I have to go through treatments instead of getting healed instantly, I'm gonna go through the treatments. Why? I'm persevering while I rely on the Spirit. And though I don't make it, what a way to go. Right? Relying on the, the Spirit. Because if I sit here and told you, everybody gonna make it, that might be the will of God. Right? God said, I pray that by your stripes you're healed. I mean, I can quote all those scriptures to you, but I can't explain why some are not. But I will tell you this, I don't know what to pray, but the Spirit does. I'm not giving an inch or an ounce for, us, for it not to work. I'm putting the emphasis on him, not my ability to explain it or unexplain it. Make sense? I don't know why they passed away if they should have lived. I don't, know what, I don't know, but the spirit. And if I don't have the answer, I'm not gonna try to explain it. All I'm telling you is I'm persevering because I have hope in what he said in his word. And not only what he said in his word, what he demonstrated on the earth. And I'm tired of putting this stuff, so much pressure on people that they don't have the hope, they don't have the faith, they don't have the, they don't have the, and all we get done doing is wrestling with ourselves instead of just getting over and relying in the, the spirit. The minute, I don't, know how, I don't know why this works this way, but it's happened in my life and I don't know how to make it happen. But the minute you yield up yourself and cross over into his will, something changes. I, don't, I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but it happens. Your biggest fight is going to be quit trusting in you, what you do and can't do, and relying on him. And whether you lose it all, die and go into heaven, it all fails and falls apart, the pressure is on him, not you. Because if it dies on his watch, he's bound to resurrect it in some fashion or form. Oh, happy Memorial Day to that, right? This is good stuff. Why? Because we're li- most of us, or not all of us, are living at this place right here. And I believe the Lord is giving us a, l- a little bit of a revelation we haven't seen for a while, or maybe have never seen, is living over into that spiritual realm. Because there's been times in the past where the church has got a spiritual revelation, but they've gone all wacko with the spirit. They get weird. It's crazy, spooky. No. We, we took that verse in Acts where it says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. And we've made it into something now. We gotta, everybody's gotta act drunk or act crazy. No, this is everyday life, natural. It's living practically. I mean, not everybody has to flop in the, the floor when they get healed. They may, 
but you can't make a doctrine of it. Right? I feel like we've spent the last few years in the body of Christ of unteaching us some things that we've learned and made religion. I feel like what the Lord is doing for us now is getting us in the place of the Spirit because He can trust us with trusting Him. See, it used to be we would trust Him to trust us. Now we're trusting, He's trusting us to trust Him. We can trust Him. You can trust the Spirit. And the Spirit is not some fog <laughs> that stands over here that just appears sometimes when you turn it on and turn it off. The Spirit of God is here. You're gonna see more manifestations of the Spirit of God in your life than you've ever seen before. You are, you are. And it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's gonna be. And you don't have to explain it all away. It's okay to say, gosh, I can't believe that. Man, I prayed for somebody on the phone the other day. They got healed on the phone. I hung up the phone and I wanted to just walk over and hit myself on the chest. You know what I did? I walked over and hit myself on the chest. I said, God, can I just be real for you a minute? That really felt good. That really did feel good. And I felt like the Lord looked back at me and said, I wanted it to feel good. Because I know that you know that wasn't you. I know that wasn't you. And I know you know that. I said, Lord, I know it wasn't me. The Lord giveth, the Lord can take it away. That's what that means. It's, it's him. And he wants you to look like you get the credit. Even though in your heart, you're gonna know it's all him. And Peter was raising people from the dead. Paul was raising people from the dead. John was healing people. And they were going, you're a God. We're gonna build a monument. We're gonna build a, you're a God. You're a God. They said, get up. We're just men like you guys. The world will think it's you, but you're gonna know it's him. Stand with me. If you don't mind, stand with me. We're gonna close. Did this help anybody today? Amen. Persevere. And persevere only means crossing over from your ability to think about, lean on your own, to be recognizing and conscious of the spirit that's doing something. You guys are amazing. You're still here. No, no, for real. Not, not just in my sermons that I'm preaching. I mean, you guys endured it too. I know it's endurance and perseverance too. But I'm just saying, you're here. Yeah, you've lost some stuff. You've gone through some ups and some downs, some hurts and some pains, some setbacks and some step outs and whatever you want to call. And you might have, here we are again, drink some wine in Honduras again and had to feel the conviction of that. Hey, I, if you know Handy, I'm telling you. I mean, that was a big deal to her. We had to free her. We had to have her give, take three doses of communion. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. With real wine. No, I'm kidding on that too. Here's the deal. We've all had some stuff happen to us, right? But you're still here. Right? As long as there's a breath in your body, there's a spirit in your soul that prays the will of God. Oh, yeah. I had a text message from a young man just this morning. I texted him yesterday and said, hey, how's things going? And he, he sometimes can get a little wayward and his thinking's just out there a little bit. He sent me a text back and he said, you know what I've been thinking? I've been trying this my way, but I feel like I'm, 
I'm really re almost ready to let God have his way. And I sent him a text back and I said, listen, I really appreciate the fact that you think you're in that kind of control, but he's already having his way. Yeah. It's just no matter how long you're gonna persevere. And we think perseverance is hang on and hold on. Perseverance is actually yielding. Are you ready to yield? I want you to have the best Memorial Day tomorrow that you've ever had. I want you to laugh more than you've ever laughed. Even if you're by yourself, laugh at yourself. Put, let me tell you what we did this morning. Listen, and we're gonna do this. I'm gonna start playing some pre-service videos of Andy Griffith, just little clips. I turned Caden on to Abbott and Costello this past week. Who's on first? Just little things, just gotta laugh and laugh. Somebody sent me a clip this morning of The Office with Michael, uh, Michael Scott, I don't know if you ever watched The Office. I'm in there studying, this clip comes across. Rex is in there with me. Call, condemn me to hell if you want to. I shut my Bible, turned off my computer, off the scripture. We watched an hour of Michael Scott. And we laughed. Rex had never seen it before. I contaminated him. <laughs> we laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed until I felt such a release inside of me because I was so caught up in trying to get this word inside of me, I didn't realize it was already in there. And all I needed to do was laugh. So I want tomorrow to be the most joyful Memorial Day you've ever had. Even if, if, if it's on the heels of something you've lost, something's not quite right, it's not all perfect, and you're still hoping on something to happen. I don't want you to focus in on all that. I want you to just have confidence and assurance to know that the Spirit is groaning for everything your heart's desiring. He's making intercession for you in front of the Father and He knows the mind of God and the will of God. He's groaning with words that you can't even say and won't even be spoken. But you can laugh and you can have confidence and assurance to know that it only gets better from here. Why? Because all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose on the other side of your perseverance. Father, in Jesus' name, happy Memorial Day to you. Amen, amen, amen.